0: This podcast is being powered by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. hi everybody welcome to mentally a badass before we begin this episode today i do want to put a trigger warning in this episode we are going to be talking about my friend's experience in a mental hospital and i just want to let you know that if this is something that may trigger some emotions please don't continue listening to this podcast okay thank you and if you want to listen i hope you enjoy Hello, welcome.
1: Hi. Hi,
0: (laughs) Kelly. So welcome to my podcast, and you're also my first guest, so yay. (laughs) That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. So right now we are recording, um, so everything we're saying when I was going to be on the podcast, it's a pretty cool way that Anchor does this, that it's like a phone call. Um, The quality is pretty good, which is awesome. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So, to the audience here, welcome to Mentally, Mentally, a badass podcast. And we have my first guest, Tally, on here. I'm pronouncing it correctly, right? Yeah. Making sure. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Alrighty. Um. So today, um, you said that you want to speak about your experience, um, going to um, the hospital, um, correct for being suicidal. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and there were a few times I went to for other reasons like psychosis and things like that as well, but yeah.
0: Okay, well, I'm definitely um, interesting to, interested to hear about that. Um, so I've always personally, I've always like wondered, I've never really sp- Knew anybody or spoke with anybody who have been um to a hospital um for for those reasons. So I'm actually was happy that you did reach out to me because I am very interested to know your experience and I'm so happy that you are on my podcast um, since we are here uh, to talk about our experiences and how we are badasses. Um, so mm-hmm. clearly you are. I mean, you did mention that you were suicide. I'm so glad that you are still here. And that you did get the help that you need, and that does make you a badass. So, so yeah. So pretty much, this is gonna be a like a, a chill conversation, just like getting to know, um, like your experience and such. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So whenever you like, you can definitely begin on telling me your experience.
1: All right. Well, thank you for saying all that. I really appreciate it. Um, of course. So, so, the first thing I wanted to kind of say was that. My experiences have not always been the best, um, but regardless to um, what I'm going to say, I just want to put it out there that, um, you know, if it's needed, mm-hmm. um, either you or anyone listening to this podcast right now should go to the ER if you are in a crisis. Um, mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it did stop me from hurting myself. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, I was frustrated, but it still helped.
0: So Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, so I want to kind of talk about a little bit, kind of in chronological order, I guess. (laughs) Because I've gone many times to the hospital because it's, like I said, it's helped, right?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So
1: the first time I went in, I was about 15, I think. And mm-hmm. I had started feeling like really overwhelmed and I was starting to feel suicidal. But like I knew that I didn't want to attempt suicide. I didn't want to, but I felt like I didn't have another option. And my only other option would be to go to the ER. So I told my mom, you need to take me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she did. And so... The city we were living in at the time is a bit smaller. Um, it's like just barely considered a city, so we were only waiting for a few hours, luckily. Um, and unfortunately, though, because I was in a smaller city, we didn't have really access to um, mental health resources for teens or adolescents. So. The only um, psych unit in the hospital was for adults and there was only like one office for counseling for teenagers, stuff like that. So there was very limited mental health resources. So when I finally got to see the doctor, she said that the only thing that she could offer me was to put me in what was called a safe room or seclusion. And I wasn't really sure what it was at first. I don't remember if she had described it to me at all. I don't think so but so basically I walked in there and it was like a jail cell for lack of better explanation there was just a mattress on the floor um with a blanket and then there was another blanket folded up at the head of the bed for a pillow and then there was like one of those toilets in a corner of the room that had like the sink built into it
0: wow
1: and then there was a uh, clock way high up on the wall and a camera in the corner and then the door had just like a little window it locked from the outside and then there was a little slot on the bottom for them to slide food trays in
0: um so you can see my face right now <laughs> yeah. i just think that Sorry to interrupt i just think that. I don't, I don't think I'm really okay with how that's set up, but I feel like it's treating someone who has a mental health issue as a criminal when you're not or not. So I, that's really upsetting to hear that. Um, but yeah, um, you can go on now. I just wanted to just put my <laughs> input on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it definitely felt that way because um, I was in yeah. there for about three or four days. It really kind of sucked.
0: That would uh, make me worse, <laughs> yeah, honestly. No
1: um, but... For, like, I think the doctor had explained that that room is more specifically for people who are really um, like if they're in the middle of a psychotic episode or something like that, it's to make sure that they keep themselves and other people safe. So I can understand it, but I wasn't at that extreme. So it was kind of weird for me to be in there. And,
0: yeah. <laughs> and
1: she didn't, I wasn't allowed to have my bra or my glasses, which I have had glasses since grade 3, and so without them I am blind as a bat. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really weird. Later on though, I got really lucky. I got a really really sweet nurse, and she was mm-hmm. this was a and she was able to get me my glasses, a stress ball, and some magazines. I was so grateful. <laughs> it was it was the best thing ever. At that point,
0: that's awesome. <laughs> that's definitely good to hear.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that they were good to you.
1: Hmm. Yeah, there were some nurses that weren't that nice because I guess you know there's that stigma, right? But
0: it's but. crazy because if they look if because of the stigma, if they don't believe that mental illness is like a thing and they look down on it, then why are they working in that area? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like if you're going to make any in, sense.
1: Yeah. Like, I feel like if you're going to be working in the medical field, you should know that, like, you know, you're going to have people coming in with mental health issues, too, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of common sense, just a little Um, before before. I'm just very curious because you live in Canada and I live yeah. in the United States mm-hmm. and our health system is so different. Yeah. So different. Um, How like like how does it work? Like when you go to like these hospitals and such, like in America, United States of America, we get nice and nice hefty bills. Oh, that would be like good fifty grand or whatever. Like yeah. I'm just really curious, like how that works in Canada. I'm just yeah, I'm just I know it's a little bit like kind of off track here, but I'm just since we're on here, I'm very curious. And I think a lot of people are probably very curious too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So in Canada, um the government covers the majority of like i'm pretty sure they Mm -hmm. cover all of like medically necessary hospital stays but if you have something like plastic surgery or whatever the government's Mm -hmm. not going to cover that that you do have to pay for yeah that's fair um and then we get taxed for other things though to kind of like compensate for that so that's kind of how that works
0: yeah, for me I'm just I have in mind through my job, so that's just worked out good for me because when I had my appendix taken out that bill would have been 60 grand. Oh, but geez. I'm just like my insurance covered I think I ended up paying around like under 10,000, but it's still a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if I didn't have health insurance it would have been like 60 grand. So that's just an example of the system here you're carrying <laughs> yeah, for sure. um yeah so anyway moving on from <laughs> politics going on to ma- going back to our original topic in my podcast topic <laughs> okay where were we
1: um so I was just wrapping up staying in that safe room that was that was an experience yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and then other times I stay. I'd stay the night in the emergency room. This was in um, the city I was living in now, actually. So, basically, what would happen is I would go to the emergency room. I'd go through triage. They'd ask me why I was there, um, and I'd say that I was there because I wanted to kill myself. Just you know, yeah. point blank, as bluntly as I could, because otherwise, if you beat around the bush with it, they're not going to take you as seriously. So,
0: yeah, that's So that's
1: what I would tell them. And then they'd they'd ask me, you know, the typical hospital triage questions like family doctor, phone number, stuff like that. Um, And then they would ask me like an additional question of um, of, like if I had anything on me that I could hurt myself with. And I never did. So I always just answered no. Um, And then I would... I'd wait in the waiting room of the emergency room for quite a few hours, sometimes up to like 10 hours just sitting in the waiting room. Um, so if you're going to go to the ER for mental health reasons, be expected to wait. You're going to be waiting for a while because they want to make sure that they get people with physical health issues through first especially if there was like a car accident or someone had a heart attack stuff like that right that's where they take priority yeah um so once i was finally called in um oh sorry nerves are starting to get to me a little bit (laughs)
0: that's Um, okay take your time
1: um then i was sent into what they call like a quiet room and it's it's not as bad as the safe room or the seclusion room wasn't as bad as that it was just like a comfy like relaxing spot they would always have the door propped open a little bit um and then that's where i would talk to someone from uh the psych ward about why i was there what was going on stuff like that um and usually what would happen is I would stay overnight in that room. I'd just sleep on that little couch that they have in there. And then I'd go home the next day because that's all I really needed. And also because there wasn't room in the psych ward for me. Because in the city I live in now, there's in the adolescent side, there's only six beds available. Hmm. So there's not too much room. So oftentimes I'd go, they'd say, well, we'd love to be able to admit you, but we can't. So but then I was usually put on a waiting list
0: to get in. Wow, that's like that too here. Well, not I mean I I never not, not hospital wise, but like in college when we when you go see a counselor, they put us on like a month long wait list. Um yeah, so it's like that it's like that too when it's like limited resources. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and then there were times where I was admitted to the psych ward and I would stay about a month usually that's usually about as long as they want to keep you before trying to push this charge a little bit because they don't want you getting too comfortable there right
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and then whenever I was interviewed they would ask me Either how do you think we can help you or what are you expecting coming here? And I usually have three answers. One was I just need to be in a safe place. Otherwise, I will attempt suicide. The other was um, I need to come up with a plan until I can see the psychiatrist. And then the third and last one was I need to be admitted to the psych ward. Yeah. Um, normally if like, I noticed that, like if I said, there were some times where I'd say like, I don't know, you know, like I didn't know what I was expecting. I just needed some help and I knew that, but I didn't know how they tended to get a little bit frustrated with me. So, which I can understand because it makes their job a little bit harder.
0: It's hard on both ends is because like when you're in that particular Frame like my like frame of mind, um, headspace. That's better way saying it. <laughs> when you're in that headspace, your your thoughts are so clouded, you can't really think sh- like think. I guess clearly of what is going like what like what unique. A lot of times when we're going through those that situation, and they ask us like what we need, we just say I don't know. It's like because like we don't we, could we do we don't. It's like we do but like we don't know what to I don't know it's I see right now I'm saying I don't know (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah exactly
0: we just don't know what to say I think we just have all these emotions and then we just have word vomit and hope Mm -hmm. people can like but obviously it can't be like that (laughs) like my um my psychiatrist I would like joke around with him not joke around with him but I'm just very sarcastic and it's just my personality and then he I forgot what he said to me, um, but I was. But he asked me something, and I said like, "Oh, I don't know. Like, like, like what? Sh- like, like, how do I feel? Like, like, what should I do? Or, or what should I like? What's the best for me?" And, and then I think he was like, "You the one who had to tell me. I can't read your mind." I was like, "I'm just kidding." But I get <laughs> it. He kind of had. A- he was a little defensive, but I just think it's just because it's it probably happens very often. And I mean, it makes sense because like. It's very hard enough to get help. And now we're just like, hey, we know we need it. But, like, we don't really know what, like, uh, it's just complicated. Mental health is complicated overall, period. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. It really is. Um, Especially
1: because, like, I think I had a lot of, um, usually the nurses were nice to me. But sometimes I got some nurses who were rude. It's usually the doctors who were the most rude to me. Because there were times when I'd be interviewed not by someone who was from the psych unit but from like an actual medical doctor who you know could Mm -hmm. have just had a patient die on him and now he's going to interview someone who's suicidal like you know what I mean so that's gonna ruin anyone's day type thing so
0: yeah yeah
1: it's hard but um I think they tend to get a bit frustrated because you know it's like I'm I'm the only one in charge of my recovery. Right. And so if I'm, if they don't see that I'm going to counseling and I'm seeing a psychiatrist, you know, whatever, they're going to get frustrated that I keep showing up at the ER. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, That makes sense.
1: But I mean, like at the time I was just, I was, Oh, I was having a really hard time. So it, you know, it was difficult and I didn't know what else to do at the time, you know?
0: Yeah, and you, were, you said you were 15, right?
1: Yeah, 15, 16 is ish.
0: T- yeah, so I feel like that around that time, we're not, we probably didn't know as much of, of like what we needed because we like, were a teenager too. Mm-hmm. It's like a different mind of now, like, I, yeah, it's also the the age thing too. It's like, like, you you definitely know more now than you did when you were 15. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so. Yeah, that, that that could have something to do with it. But yeah. Um, and that's also like super mature of you too. And just like really responsible um, for you to go to the ER when you felt like that too. Like a lot of people wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, I know. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I know a lot of people really struggle to know like when to go to the ER. Because like I know there were times too when I was like I had thought about going to the going to the emergency room because I was suicidal um, but I had I had decided against it because I I had just felt at the time that oh well they're not going to care anyway they're not going to help which was a complete lie because I'm sure they cared and it did help but that's just the kind of lie that I believed at the time um, and whenever that would happen I would either self-harm or attempt suicide so, you know, like, it's important to kind of figure out where you're at, and it takes a lot of time um, and effort to kind of recognize that within yourself, but, you know, it is doable, and it's important to do so.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely hard, like, and you're saying you kept hearing that lie, like, I always, like, they always say, like, you know, your anxiety's lying to you and everything mm-hmm. like that, and all these thoughts are, like, demons in your head and like sometimes i'll just randomly get these thoughts too but i'm just trying to overcome that mm-hmm. because like i know i feel like our brain when that's ill and like our soul are com- completely different things yeah so it's like i have this whole theory that the soul could like overcome the 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 uh um illness of our brain i know this is like this is, like, my whole, like, conspiracy, like theory and everything like mm-hmm. that. So, like, when I, I – it's kind of, like, also practice, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's also just recognizing that when you are starting to feel, like, depressed in a certain way and it's starting to come down, like, just recognizing that, okay, it's my illness that's starting to kick. It's starting to happen. It's coming. Like, where I like to say my depression wave <laughs> is because it's here. Yeah. I just kind of just, like, hey, it's here. And honestly, I – my – the way I respond to it. It's it's probably like not the best coping mechanism, but I'm just like super sarcastic. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm really weird, and I just think it's because I just like my body just goes into like this shock where it's like I have to laugh and to get that serotonin. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just I just I cope really weird, I guess. But I'm just usually I guess it's just like. When I'm just, like, super sarcastic, that's when it's like, okay, like, I don't know. I just feel like i just trying to make laughter and try to be, like, like, I don't joke in inappropriate ways. Obviously, I know mental health is very serious, mm-hmm. but I just try to use humor into, like, kind of pushing out all that negativity. Even I know it's, it's probably bad, but, you know, we're learning, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, I With do... Therapy, yeah and you know I do a very similar type of thing you know not necessarily being sarcastic but like whenever I'm talking about something that's difficult or hard I tend to like laugh and smile about it and people wonder like are you like not taking it seriously (laughs) you know what
0: I mean like no I take it very seriously I do the same thing but I really do the same thing too
1: yeah, it just makes it easier to say. It's like, otherwise I'm going to cry. So which do you want,
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, oh my goodness. Like, for, for me, I, I work in, like, a high-stress job and everything. So, like, I my daily life and my daily job is always getting, like, you know, yelled at and stuff. And then when I'm in, like, an emotional distress, I'm just very, like, sorry, I just, the way I guess I respond, I it's really hard to explain like if something is really stressful or frustrating I like turn into like something that's humorous mm-hmm. or whatever um I just like turn it into like I don't know a story or something like that it's really hard to explain and I probably gonna move away from this topic just because I probably shouldn't be talking about my, my work just for reasons right. but um <laughs> moving on from that the way to long story short is that I just all you really have to know is that I have a stressful job and I have to um develop coping mechanisms to not cry during work so that's yeah. pretty much what I, all I want to say <laughs> okay. um, but yeah <laughs> that's that and um so we were taught where was yeah so we we're talking about your experience when you're 15 but you said you went to the hospital multiple times correct yeah okay
1: yeah there was multiple times that I went to the ER more times than I can count in all honesty um and then there there were a lot of times that I was admitted to the psych ward. Um, if, if uh, you want to hear more about my experiences there, I have some videos up on my YouTube channel about it,
0: but um, should take a look. Yeah.
1: So it, yeah, all of my experiences were a little interesting. There were definitely ups and downs to it, but um, yeah. And and one thing to note too is that when I was feeling this way um, and having all, all of this like crisis come mm-hmm. up all all the time um, i I had really really severe borderline personality disorder. I still struggle with it, but it's not as bad now, but it was bad mm-hmm. enough that when I was in the uh psych unit as a teenager my psychiatrist and the rest of the staff that were there and they they would meet with your parents right to kind of tell them what was going on and stuff like that yeah and they had told my parents that my BPD was so severe that they should just prepare for the worst and that I wasn't ever going to get better Oh, my goodness. yeah, that's how like extreme it was. So you know, and you know, I'm sure anyone with BPD can kind of understand how like crazy it can be, and like to have it that severely is pretty rough, you know, so it's just it, yeah, it was bad. It was really, really bad, but i'm I'm glad I've gotten better now through years and years of therapy and a lot of other stuff too. Like um, you know, I won't get into this too much, but you know, my my religion has helped me a lot, my faith. Um mm-hmm. that's, you know, been the biggest thing for me, but
0: yeah, no, definitely me too on that as well. Um so I, I don't know exactly how old you are or anything like that, but when would you say like this was around the time like that you felt that you like I, I'm sure you probably had your ups and downs right? right like for me personally I've been I was diagnosed with bipolar when I was 17 mm-hmm. and then I right now I'm 25 right and I've had like my ups and downs like usually I I'm i having it when I'm in a very stressful time of my life it's usually when it when it's like the the hardest time for me um, and then I've, you know, I've done my research and apparently stress is what triggers a lot of the symptoms and such. But mm-hmm. um, when I was 17, that was my worst experience. I, um, I, my, my parents caught me self harming. Mm-hmm. And then that they didn't take me to a hospital. They just took me the next day. They took me straight to my therapist. Who I've been seeing since I was 15. And. They were like, um, they brought me in, like they called him, like, yeah, it's gonna be an this is an emergency. We need to see you now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw him the next day, and then he was like, So, what happened? I was like, I don't remember exactly, but I, I remember it was such a heavy um tension, awkward um session. Mm-hmm. And then he just said, Yeah, I'm just gonna refer you to a psychiatrist. Yeah. And then I said, Okay. Um, and then then I just basically my mom was with me in the room and I, the the psychiatrist asked me a million and one questions. Yeah. It was like pretty much going down through like a whole line of questions. And then he said, "Oh, you're bipolar. You have ADHD." And I can't remember if he said I had borderline personality disorder too. It was a while ago, but he mainly treated me for bipolar. Right. And he gave me a billify mm-hmm. um, which is the medication. And then but I went off it because I was, you know, I did the wrong thing by saying I feel better, you know, right. And then I was, I felt okay. And then I had another moment. And well, I, I don't, I, I didn't have a moment of self harm after of being 17. So I'm very happy with that, mm-hmm. that I didn't relapse in that way. But I've had like on my like, mental breakdowns in college and I've had it like, mo- like just moving out of my parents house, like really big stressful situations. Like that's what triggered me. And that's when I knew I was getting bad. Yeah. Um. So, but it's kind of crazy throughout that time. I when I saw I saw multiple different therapists and psychiatrists because of like my different like life event changes. Mm-hmm. So I saw. I saw one when I was like in high school, like throughout that time. And then I saw one in college who diagnosed me with anxiety, depression, ADHD. They thought, they said, we don't see that. We don't see that you're bipolar. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. I mean, I guess the person misdiagnosed me. (laughs) Um, And then later on, I moved here to Florida and then I found a therapist then and I went to see a psychiatrist. And I just mentioned like, that I was diagnosed when I was seventeen, but then they then, then they said I was had anxiety and depression when I was in college, and I just mentioned that whole thing, and then they did like a whole test on me again, and they're like, yeah, you're bipolar, and I'm like, are you sure? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, and I was like, uh, okay, um, I'm hoping that they're not misdiagnosing me. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I kind of get a little concerned about that sometimes. Um, I mean, I feel like I. It's really like I'm not a professional. I mean, I have a degree in psychology, mm-hmm. but I feel like I am I mean, right now. It's really hard for me to talk. I'm on like a bunch of medication, mm-hmm. but I do have like my manic moments. And I do like how I do know, like when my depression just hits me, I think now I'm just more self-aware, which is like good because um, I know when I get bad, I just kind of just lock myself in my room and call it right. a day and then just don't talk to anybody <laughs> <laughs> um, um that's pretty much it because like I, I live with people and I just don't want to bother them so I just kind of like sit in this room and I know they're probably gonna be listening to this podcast too <laughs> um they're probably hearing me right now <laughs> <But> <laughs> um but yeah, you know i love my roommate so they, they they know i have mental illness so they, they know if i'm in my room they know i'm probably having a bad day and they're like are you okay and i'm like yeah kind of sure um um <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm so sorry i'm like kind of like transitioning talking about like my whole like um therapy and medication life work. well that's okay yeah i'm just i'm just mumb- i'm just mumbling now at this point <laughs> i'm a great podcaster <laughs> but- <laughs> i mean that's part of what this is very new <laughs> this is so new in in youtube on youtube i am able to edit me mumbling yeah <laughs> i edit that out see i can't i i mean i i don't know <laughs> it's natural and if people are listening to here in 30 minutes i think they love they love listening to us right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you know definitely um, are really i'm sorry
1: Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> psychiatrists are really, are really kind of finicky, you know. Like there are sometimes you have some good ones, and then, oof, other times.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I know. It's no, just, okay. I, it's, I, yeah, I don't like that either. I mean, right now, I, mine's all right right now. Um, I got a new therapist. Um, so I'm really happy about her. I think she. She see I can tell she like really cares about me so I really like that. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen her in I have well not like virtually cuz of covid. I haven't seen her in like a month because like when I had to go on a call with her, my phone decided to break. Oh no. Because why was it break? It was actually the worst exp- oh my goodness. It was I was like on my phone ready to go on a call and then it just froze my my phone, like completely froze my iPhone. And I was like, okay, let me just restart it. And it wasn't restarting. Like, you know, I don't know if you have an iPhone, but like when you hold on to the buttons and it like restarts, it wasn't doing that. Like, oh my gosh. it literally wasn't working. I was about to cry. <laughs> like, I was, I was going to panic because like, if you miss those appointments, they charge me $50 if I miss it.
1: Yeah. So
0: I'm like, I don't pay 50 times, you know yeah um so i well, luckily my roommate like just woke up and she's usually up around like usually a little bit past 10 but i got really lucky that she was up at like eight fifty in the morning that that morning so i literally she literally was coming out of her room about to go to the bathroom like half out of it and i literally ran up to her and i was like laura can i hide <laughs> you home, please <laughs> like you know just to call the office and tell them that i'm you know having issues yeah and then i had i was like basically like i told them i said listen i understand the 50 dollar thing because they were about to charge me and i was like please don't charge me. <laughs> like please i was like this is not my fault yeah no kidding <laughs> okay they, they 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 said okay we won't we won't charge you this time like thank you and then when i was supposed to have an appointment with her again then she like canceled on me the day before i don't know why maybe personal reasons yeah. or whatever so then the next point three weeks i was like oh my god like a month and a half without seeing her and i was like we're just making progress and now <sighs> I have to wait. yeah and that is <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah you know the yeah. mental health world is just a whole lot of hurry up and wait it's it's crazy
0: uh, it's so scary. Honestly, do you guys have? did you know have like they say to call the suicide prevention line? Is that just the U.S. or is that worldwide? I this may be a really dumb question, but I'm very curious. Like, do you have that? No, mm-hmm. it has to be a different number. Because it does the U- U.S. So, do you guys have a suicide prevention? We line? do. Yeah,
1: we have a few. We have, um, like my province specifically has their own suicide line, um. And then Mm -hmm. I'm sure every other province in Canada does too. Um, And then there are different crisis lines too for like um, sexual assault and like stuff like that. There's different crisis lines that you can call too. Um, And then there's the kids help phone. I'm not sure if that's in the U S as well. I mean,
0: it's interesting. So it's, like what is it like they the kids call it or yeah like basically <laughs> if
1: you're under the age of 18 and if you're in a mental health crisis whether you know maybe you're experiencing psychosis or you're suicidal or you know whatever um then you can call that and talk to somebody or some people will call it just kind of vent like if maybe they're not seeing a counselor for a few weeks and they really have something that they need to talk about you know they can call that line too
0: interesting mm-hmm. yeah we're for my for the job that i work in we have something like that too where they have a 24-hour line thing I've, I've never called it before i don't even know the number i have to like look it up right and stuff but yeah they have that but the kids help I don't think we have that here i mean i could i could definitely be wrong but i i don't yeah because
1: so. i think it's like a that's very i think it's like a 1-800 number so that makes me think it's like more of like a at least american thing like north america but
0: hmm. but i could be wrong it can definitely be yeah I, I'm, I'm sure i probably just it's probably not advertised as much which is probably why i don't know because it's always... Because use the suicide prevention lines the one that's always advertised right. here. Um, So it could be that. And um, have you always lived in yeah. Canada?
1: Yeah, I've always lived in Canada. That's-,
0: mm-hmm. that's nice. I always... i never been to Canada. I've always wanted to go to Canada. There's been multiple times I wanted to plan a trip. Mm-hmm. Like, even in, my, even in my 2020 resolution yeah. videos, like, I want to go to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Was like no, mm-hmm. and uh, wait, can you still? Sorry, I thought I just—I thought it connected for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, that. Um, but my alarm. I think it
0: was mine because my alarm that's actually went off to... too. Oh, no, that's so weird! <laughs> I have like an alarm at wait—it's eleven by me. What time is it by you? Eight. Yeah, I have an alarm at eight yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. What's your alarm for? My medication.
1: <laughs> yeah, mine's for medication too, but it's for um, pain medication because I also have endometriosis. Oh. So that's that gets pretty painful. And so that that's
0: kind of crazy that we literally the had an alarm the exact same time. That is yeah. so funny. <laughs> so now weird. everybody knows that I take my medication at 11 o'clock at night.
1: <laughs> wow,
0: I'm getting very personal on this thing. <laughs> but you know what it's fine it's my podcast I can do what I want yeah <laughs> people are gonna be like exactly. I'm people are gonna think like wow I'm, I'm following this crazy person on here <laughs> it's fine everything's fine I'm gonna take this without making it so uh, like loud because I'm on a phone right now I think the yeah. phone thing is pretty yeah. cool. And I keep I sometimes keep forgetting that we're recording a podcast and it just feels like we're on a phone call together
1: yeah for sure i
0: i have been having that problem too <laughs> yeah that's why i'm just like hmm. i gotta really pick my words i don't want to be too too personal <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean even though at this point it's like 30 something minutes in i'm just like at this point it's whatever it's fine um yeah um well where- yeah. so yeah so we yeah. kind of got off track did we because we were talking about your story, and then we started talking about other things. But I don't want to feel like I like interrupted your story. If you know what I mean, like, was there other things you right. want to talk about um, with your experience? Um,
1: I think the only other thing I w- kind of wanted to mention, um, when it comes to like going to the ER, is that. I think, you know, it's very important to do your best to prevent a crisis, mm-hmm. you know, because like with my, with my therapist, she has been really helpful um, with getting me like different DBT worksheets. I got a CBT uh, self-help book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's also an ACT one, which is acceptance and commitment therapy, which is really
0: good. Too. good. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, there's a lot of different therapies that you can try. Um,
0: is it affordable? So, you know, just Is like therapy and psychiatry affordable there because here in America, a, a lot of health insurances don't cover mental health.
1: That really sucks. Yeah. Um yeah, here here because I go to an office that is government funded, it's all covered. I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. it the only time I really have to worry about cost is when it comes to prescriptions, whether that be mental health related or not. Um, or if I were to go to a, um, a different office that wasn't government funded. Like when I was younger, I went to um, a counseling office that was specific to sexual abuse survivors. And that was wonderful therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my, parents had really great coverage under my dad's work and they had extended coverage on top of that too. So that was all covered. They didn't have to pay for it, but I'm pretty sure if I were to go back to that office now, um, if I felt like I needed it, then I think I'd probably have to pay. I'm not sure really how much it costs because I haven't had to worry about it. right? But,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but yeah, here it's usually best if you go to a government funded place.
0: That's so interesting. Cause I don't think it's like that here when it's for I don't know um when like for me if I didn't have my insurance I know that my psychiatrist appointment that's like literally 20 minutes by the way two $200 without insurance (laughs) yeah I I do I pay 20 so it's not bad I mean it's it's once a month it's fine I can like you know deal with it but It's yeah, it's without insurance. I could I get like the bill in the mail and it just shows like what the insurance paid and everything. And so I look at it, I'm like, so if I didn't have insurance, I would have had to pay $200 for a 20 minute visit.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: That's that's literally how it is. And it's just really, it's really bad. (laughs) I'm just like so grateful that I work for a company that has amazing and affordable insurance so I don't have to worry. Um, like yeah. some people who do, and um, some of my, and then my first like certain amount of visits for therapy is free that's covered by the company, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So, but actually, fun fact: when I lived, I live in Florida now. When I lived in New Jersey, because all states are different, by the way. When I lived in yeah. New Jersey, I was able to um, be considered independent when it comes for health insurance at the age of nineteen. And then Mm -hmm. when I was 19, um, I could apply for health insurance under my own salary. And my salary at the time was pretty much nothing. I was just working part-time. I was in college. Like, I wasn't really making a lot of money. So all they looked at was how much I was making. They didn't really consider that I live with my parents and everything like that. So they saw that Mm -hmm. I don't make a lot of money. So they considered me as poverty. And they gave me free everything. Like, everything was free, fully free. Oh, wow. Yeah, like... ER visits medication like everything was free and I was like wow this is great and then so I moved yeah. to Florida I moved to Florida when I was 22 and I applied for the same health insurance because it's a government thing like a federal government's health insurance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they denied me for it and oh, I geez. was wondering why they said because you don't have a kid and oh I was like what apparently I need to be a woman that has a child in order to qualify if I don't then I don't qualify so I mm. yeah that's just a whole other story but um, yeah odd. so health insurance was really rough the first year when I when I moved yeah. out here and I wasn't full-time yet but mm. yeah I learned that apparently yeah all the states are very different with their rules and such here and in, in the U.S. and it's like moving to a different state in the U.S. is like a culture shock <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bet yeah yeah it's a it's a really picky thing because I know um like I've had so many issues with what medications are covered and which ones aren't and stuff like that That's has yeah. been the biggest source of like anxiety as far as like okay are we gonna have to pay a bunch of money for this medication um because because right now Uh, we're on we're on uh, disability Mm -hmm. and because yeah there's there's been a lot of reasons as to why we're on disability Uh, Mm -hmm. we're trying to get off though and it's a a huge pain in the butt like don't even get me started (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. um, but we're trying to get off and there are some medications that both disability and the government will cover because there's unless you apply for like extended coverage, which is like Manulife or, you know, whatever other health insurance companies there are out there, Um, then what you do is you fill out just like this little form and send it back to the government. And then they start to cover some things. If you don't do that, then they won't cover it. So you have to make sure to fill that out. So I have that and then what disability covers. And there was a time when I was on a medication for endometriosis. It's supposed to um, help slow the disease down a little bit. And it was costing me $70 a month. Each Mm -hmm. time I would go in and and get it, I had to pay like $70 for it. And it was insane. And then it ended up not even working for me. So I had to stop. (laughs) It was so frustrating. And then... There was another thing um, when I was on an antipsychotic. Um, I I had gotten one prescription at the ER one of the times that I went. That was one of the preventative measures, one of the uh, part of the plan that I had to come up with with the doctors there until I could see my psychiatrist in a few weeks. Um, so they put me on that medication. And... And then my doctor, my family doctor, had refilled it because it was working for me. And I guess he refilled it in a different brand. And so it ended up costing me like $50. And I had to call the pharmaceutical company or whatever it was um, to ask them, why is this costing me? This has never costed me before. And now it is. What the heck? And so... You know, it's is such an annoying thing because, like, you never know what medications are going to be covered and which ones aren't and if it's the right brand, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's – I can definitely be challenging. I feel like – I feel like so far I've been very lucky with it. I think that – because my insurance that I'm on, um, oh, a lot of – it's basically – Oh, it's a lot of people that's on the same insurance in my area. So, it's kind of like the doctors already know what I'm on. So, it's kind of like they already know what to prescribe in a way. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I think it's mostly – I think just like mostly generic is is kind of like what's safe under my insurance. Like instead of the brands. So the brands is usually the one that costs the money.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're rolling into almost 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like one second I see it's like 20 30 minutes and now it's like almost 50. So, um I think that we should probably um close the podcast episode here. Mm-hmm. Um is there anything else you want to say before close it out?
1: Um I think just the bottom line if you need to go to the emergency room for mental health reasons, go. There's, you know, that's just kind of how it should be. That's
0: definitely helpful.
1: Yeah. And like, I know, like, there can be money worries and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you need it, you need it, right? You wouldn't tell someone who's having a heart attack not to go to the emergency room, you know? So it's the same kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I just think part of the challenging thing is that when people don't know when it's like the breaking point, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think
0: that's yeah, but you but you ex- but you explained that in detail, like when you knew it was the time, and I'm glad you did. Truly, I'm so happy that you did that. You didn't give up, um, and yeah, you're doing that's awesome. And I'm really so happy that you reached out to me to be on here. This is I feel like this was a very valuable um, episode. We learned um, your in depth experience of being in a, a men- in a mental hospital. As well as like me learning a lot about health insurance in Canada, because honestly, I was so curious, <laughs> very, very curious. I like to ask these questions because just overall, everything that happened in 2020 and I'm sure you probably have your uh, popcorn watching my country. And so <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you did. You're a neighbor. You know what's going on. <laughs> I always kind of wonder what you guys think of us.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, I feel
0: like
1: I feel like Canada is in kind of a similar boat right now as far as it it comes to like politicians, but in like the exact opposite way. I mean I don't want to get too much into it but you know we can Yeah I mean, we can talk about each it. <laughs> other after
0: this so yeah it's going to turn into a political conversation I don't think that's what our my my, my listeners want to hear so yeah we can yeah. just definitely switch that conversation into into off the podcast but yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah it's almost fifty minutes and I'm gonna just keep talking 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 so <laughs> I'm just gonna close it out here I appreciate you being on here with me it was definitely a great experience and also you being my first guest as well um and yeah so I hope everybody who is listening has a wonderful evening day afternoon and I hope you guys will listen to our next well my next (laughs) podcast (laughs) Um, podcast I'm mentally a badass and if you want to follow me on my other socials I will have that as well in my my, uh, description of this episode but yeah and thanks again for being here and I don't know how to close out a podcast so um... well thank you for having me (laughs) (laughs) of course all right. Um take care. This feels like a phone call. All right. Well, you too. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>